DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to talk Utah football with Kyle Gunther, the former Utah offensive lineman. Kyle, good morning. Gentlemen, good morning. PK, we missed you last week. DJ spoke very glowingly about you, though. Well, you know, I've been working hard, so I needed with the buys, I needed a day of load management. That's right, that's right. Now I'm back. I now the, I had my buy. I'm ready for the not quite. I don't think we can quite call it the stretch run, but we can call it the basically the crux of the season going forward. It'll Hey, look. You you can't make the club in the tub. Okay? You got to be out there. If your knees are hurting, take some time off. Yeah. You're being like Britton Covey, okay? You're going to yeah. just evaluate things for a little bit. In fact, uh I think Britton Covey is the only person in the market you're taller than. <laughs> in fact, when you think about it, the load that I carry is quite heavy, so I do need to manage the load now and again. Yeah, his name is David James, yeah. Man, that's quite the load. Well, I'm done saying nice <laughs> things about you when you're gone. We're over that. Who, me or Cuther? Either one of you, quite frankly. <laughs> All right, Kyle, I know you've been watching tape trying to figure out Oregon State. They looked really good, but on the other hand, UCLA looked really bad, and Oregon State is 2-3. and three. So... How worried should you fans be? What is the threat level of a Pac-12 upset and all the uh, craziness we expect out of this conference? I would say the threat level is very low. Now, you mentioned the most important part there. Oregon State looked good last week, but it was against UCLA. And I've told you guys all year, I think UCLA is one of the worst teams in the country. They have one of the worst coaches in the country. They have one of the worst cultures in the country. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a program that's had this long of a, let's call it a losing tradition, even though they've had some up years with Jim Moore. They had a couple of good years here and there, but UCLA is filled with four- and five-star recruits, and they cannot play. UCLA is trying to play man coverage in the secondary, and they're getting burned over and over again because Chip Kelly will not adjust his system to his players. He says it very clearly. Oh, you know, we have a system here. We know it works. He's arrogant, and it's failing. Now, Oregon State also ran the ball. They had some balance against UCLA, but that's also because UCLA is dreadful. UCLA was down to their backup quarterback. Their starter's not very good. DTR can't throw the ball all that well. He had a nice game against Wazoo. He had the 500-some-odd yards, and I think that was a bit of an anomaly. So Vegas, last I checked, has the Utes favored by 14-and-a-half. Two scores on the road. That's unheard of. This is a huge spread, and the reason is the Utes, they're running for close to 200 yards every single week, even last week with all the backup running backs. The Utes are a bona fide good team. It's the weirdest game I've ever seen what happened with the Utes at the Coliseum against USC, and you obviously can't have ifs and buts and candies and nuts and all this, but if you take away a few plays, a handful of plays that USC made, Utah's dominating that game. The Utes are three plays away from being undefeated and a top-ten team in the country. That's where they are talent-wise, and they are going to engulf Oregon State. They're going to have to focus then uh, the next three weeks after Oregon State are going to be the toughest three weeks, I think, of their entire season, just given the, the weirdness and the talent of Arizona State and Cal. Cal's been a tricky team to figure out, but no, do not read into Oregon State having success against Cal Poly. I know Oregon State. Stats looked all right against Stanford, but Stanford is not going to be an 11-win team this year. 
Stanford had their backup quarterback in. So I think Oregon State's two wins are going to be about where they're at the rest of the year. They might be a three-win team when it's all said and done. So, no, I would not read into what Oregon State did a week ago. The Utes are going to handle Oregon State this week. So it's an interesting thing that you said that caught my ear as far as the four-star talents that the Bruins have been able to amass, but yet obviously they haven't put it together. I've always believed that talent takes care of itself, and if you've got the talent, that you're going to be successful. So obviously something is askew there, and you talked about one of the worst coaches in being Chip Kelly in that situation. So... How much does bad coaching contribute to a team sucking, and how much does good coaching attribute beyond the talent to a team being really good? Well, okay, here's the thing, though, is that Bob Toledo, Carl Durrell, Rick Neuheisel, Jim Mora, these guys all can't be idiots. There's got to be something to the culture there, and I'll tell you what I think it is. I think the five-star and four-star kids who are from California, if they really want a ball, at least starting, let's, let's call it in the early 2000s, in the turn of the century, if you were a real baller, you went to USC or you went to Oregon. You, went to, uh, you, know, you had some options there on the West Coast, but USC's big thing under Pete Carroll was we don't care if you're a senior four-year starter. You could get beat out every week by a freshman, and that weeded out some of the guys that were scared of competition. All the real ballers who wanted to show up and play right away, they, they went to USC because they weren't afraid of competition. At UCLA, there's no competition going on there. No, it's, it's guys who want to avoid that competition. They want to have their roles handed to them. UCLA never committed to running the ball. They had this soft culture. They invested in, you know, Ben Olsen is a, 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 the exact embodiment of what UCLA was. Ben Olsen was a very good football player, wanted to play as a freshman at BYU. He's a five-star guy went on his mission and, and lost a little bit of weight, went to UCLA, and, and he didn't have it physically, but he could make all the throws. His body got beat up a little bit, and UCLA was an average team with above-average talent. It's a culture problem there. It's not Chip Kelly's fault, but I'm telling you, Jim Mora was not a bad coach. Shame on them for moving on from him. L.A. fans have unrealistic expectations, and so that's part of the reason where UCLA has fallen short. But back to your question, PK, I mean – Urban Meyer didn't show up and recruit a ton of talent. He technically recruited Weddle, but Weddle was a two-star recruit. Uh, Urban Meyer did not win with his own recruits. He won with Ron McBride's recruits. Urban Meyer is an outlier, though. Very few guys can show up and just change a culture. Uh, you know, Gary Anderson didn't do that. Uh, Jonathan Smith is not going to do that at Oregon State. It doesn't happen overnight, but... Oregon State, when the Utes first joined the conference, they were one of the few teams that were not uh, uh, that the Utes were more talented than. Oregon State's athletic department revenue and their expenses were low, along with Washington State. So you got to pay to play, and you got to pay to get the right guys in there. But Chip Kelly is not the right guy for UCLA. I don't know what they were thinking that was going to turn things around. But also to go back to Oregon State, it's a really tough place to recruit. The only place slower than Eugene, Oregon, where the Ducks play, is Corvallis. The women are hairy. The traffic lights are long. The winters are long. No one on earth wants to go to Corvallis, Oregon. It's the last place you'd go. If you have any other Pac-12 offer, you'd go elsewhere. The women are hairy. I know that firsthand, guys. I went to a couple of Oregon camps. My dad played in Oregon, and I went over to Eugene to try to get myself some women. And uh, I had fun, but man, it's like uh, you ever spilled 
peanut butter and a shag carpet. I mean, that's what it's like. Heaven forbid your date spills something in her goatee. It's a weird vibe there. A, I was nervous. <laughs> B, you were nervous. Well, suppose you bring a razor. Yeah, that's true, man. No, it's, it's wet. It's damp. People are depressed there. You know, at least in Eugene, the whole town shuts down on game day. Everybody's got their Oregon gear out. That's you correct. can be intoxicated by that as a recruit. They have all the facilities. But nowadays, you know, think 2001. Everybody's got facilities. But, I mean, how do you get to Eugene? How do you get to Corvallis? You fly into Portland. Then you rent a car. You drive for an hour and a half on a one-lane road. You see the same group of forests throughout. It's a weird place to recruit versus when you show up on a recruiting trip to Salt Lake, you can drive through the downtown, through campus. They've got this incredible fan base. It's almost like, a, it's, it's almost like Reno. It's like the world's biggest little city. That's kind of what Salt Lake is. It's a little downtown, but it feels like it's got enough for you, whereas it might as well be New York compared to Pullman, Washington or Corvallis, Oregon. I agree with that. So I'm uh, I'm curious here what you would do with Zach Moss this week. If he would you if he's mostly healthy but not completely healthy, would you keep him out another week? Would you put him in there because it improves his NFL stock to show NFL people he can play every week? But maybe you want him healthier for ASU and Cal. Even if he's a hundred percent, which I guess I'd find hard to believe. But if he were 100%, would you still hold him out another week to make sure he stays healthy for ASU because you can beat Oregon State without him? What would you do? I would hold him out, but I'm not as tough as Kyle Whittingham. Kyle Whittingham is probably going to tell him, and I know Zach Moss wants to play, Kyle Whittingham is going to tell him to get out there and and fire it up and show what you can do. Uh, Zach Moss has said publicly he wants to play, but let's talk about that injury because I've had what Zach Moss has in his shoulder. And let's face it, it's not a broken collarbone. He didn't tear his rotator cuff. So what else can you do? It's a AC sprain. It's your shoulder joint. It's grade one, grade two, or grade three. If it's a grade three shoulder sprain, you need surgery. He's not having surgery. So it's a grade one or two AC sprain. I've had it. What it does is it makes your shoulder immobile. It makes your shoulder weak for a period of weeks. And the moment, let's say it's been two weeks, you're starting to feel good, maybe you're at 85%. The moment somebody bumps into you on an elevator wrong, it flares back up and you're back down to 50%. Everybody who's had an AC issue has this little lump on their collarbone, kind of their shoulder, that doesn't go away. The more severe the injury, the bigger that lump is. But Zach Moss is tough as nails, but accidents happen. He got, uh, you know, a bunch of guys fell on him at the bottom of a pile because he's a running back. If that happens again, he will re-injure that shoulder. Oregon State is not going to stop Devin Brumfield, or uh, uh, they're not going to stop what the Utes with Devontae Henry Cole, what the Utes were doing, mixing up their run game, even going to Vickers a bit around the edge. The Utes are diverse enough in their run game to beat Oregon State. They need Zach Moss healthy for ASU and Cal. So there's a couple of players that I think are in a really unique spot over the next couple of weeks. Zach Moss, he says he wants to play. I would hold him out. Kyle Whittingham said that they got word now on Bam Olaseni, the four-star Juco tackle, and he is eligible to play, but they want to try to redshirt him, so they got to figure out the four games to play him in. Uh, they'll be a better team with Bam at right tackle, and they'll be a better team with Zach Moss at running back, but the Utes can beat Oregon State without that. I thought Tyler Huntley played his best game ever as a Ute against Washington State. Should have had another incredible touchdown throw to Damari Simpkins early on. I mean, that was just dropped there. But uh, Tyler Huntley found a way to make throws in rhythm from the pocket. He was beating that zone coverage at Washington State. 
Washington State only really went to man when they went down into the red zone, and Tyler Huntley beat them there. So Oregon State doesn't have the bodies to play much different coverage. So Oregon State's going to sit back into zone coverage, and Tyler Huntley's going to find Samson Nakua again, and, and he's going to be streaking down the field. He's been, even though he's big, he's been very good pressing the middle of the field. Tyler Huntley's been able to throw in between safeties. Uh, and I don't know what Washington State was thinking. There was a couple of times where Washington State's safeties were breaking on some of the shorter routes because apparently the Pac-12 still doesn't respect Tyler Huntley's deep ball. I would assume he did enough against Washington State, though, that Oregon State's going to be sitting back covering those deep balls, and then all of a sudden those post routes over the middle or the corner routes that are breaking to the sidelines that are about 15 yards or so, those are – you know, medium plays, let's call them, they're not an explosive play, but you, know, you can make some of those intermediate throws there against a team like Oregon State. And I think Tyler Huntley's going to show you a lot of confidence. He's better against zone coverage, but again, teams are only going to man you up if they have to. And, and so, you know, other than that, most teams will play zone coverage, and I think Tyler Huntley's going to have some success doing that this week in Corvallis. So I think uh, receivers, you just mentioned a couple of guys and throwing Thompson. We're seeing them emerge a little bit. So I think the loss of Covey can be okay with the receiver core because they seem to be a little bit better combined with Huntley seems to be at the top of his game. How much of a blow do you think it is there? And then I think it might be a little bit more on the punt return team. Britton Covey is so dynamic in the punt return game, and he's inspirational. Remember the hit he took last year? I want to say it was against... USC, uh, he took a pounding against Washington last year and kept getting up. He's the toughest football player I've ever seen. He is a really unique person in that he's incredibly intelligent. He'll be a coach one day very soon. Uh, so Britton Covey's absence will be felt, but did you guys think he was 100% at any point this year? No. Uh, I mean, Kyle Whittingham confirmed nope. it. He just was not at his best. And so the Utes are going to have to find a way to get guys open like Damari Simpkins who have that short area quickness, who can get out there and do it. But, man, Brian Thompson has been outstanding at times. Uh, I, I think Jalen Dixon can play that same role as Britton Covey there. Solomon Enos, I think, is – I don't know what he's not doing. He doesn't attract enough attention from the quarterbacks or something in practice because I've yet to see Solomon Enos drop a ball. Every time they throw him it, he's open. He's making tough grabs. So the, the thing that the, the team will miss is Britton Covey's leadership – uh, he is a an incredible football player, and he's even a, a better human being. He's a world-class athlete. Uh, I, I think he'll sit out for another couple of weeks and then try to figure out where his health is. But no, I think it's more of a leadership standpoint of Britton Covey. He's, he's just the toughest SOB out there. Well, Gunther, you gave us a little bit to work with and chew on here, and uh, you irritated some of our listeners, so you got that going for you. Devin tweets. What did I do? What? Devin tweets at us. Yeah, but, this guy, and I know oh, this he's guy. He's an Oregon. He's an Oregon guy, and he used to work at Channel Two, and he really is hardcore. I hate him. This Gunther dude has no freaking clue what he's talking about. Maybe he should try visiting Eugene and Corvallis sober, and his head out of his arse. <laughs> Go Ducks! All caps. Three exclamation points. Yeah, he was probably well, never. Okay, your, obviously, he, he was never your. My cor- dad played at Oregon. Yeah, I know. So Look, you know. I was raised to hate Oregon State. And I have been there sober, to answer that person. I went there at 15. I didn't shave. I went to Oregon's four-day camp. 
I was not even playing varsity yet. I was on the JV team, and they put me in there, and I kicked everybody's ass in front of me that I could. I had a gold chain. I had a bad attitude. I was knocking the snot out of people. I brought my own pads up there. I stayed overnight. I was 15. I was there to ball. I gave everything I had to play for the Ducks. Steve Greatwood was their D-line coach. He played with my dad. I ran a 4-4 shuttle right in front of him. That's the 5-10-5 uh, the drill. I couldn't have been quicker. And Oregon offered Josh Tiskergi that year. They offered oh. one lineman instead of me. I didn't get the offer. I will never get over it. But, yeah, it is true. Corvallis is terrible. It's wet. And, yeah, Eugene, you tell me. Nobody flies to Eugene. What are you, Tupac? What are you, Puff Daddy? You don't have the money to fly into Eugene. So I can say what I want about the Ducks because I grew up a duck. And I'll be damned if the Beavers are going to ever hear anything nice uh, out of me about them. Uh, duck off. And that was a beaver pun, sorry, because, you know, beavers damned. Anyway. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> and on that note, Gunther, thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. we got Brian Keel, the former Cougar linebacker, coming up at 9 o'clock. And we'll get more into what uh, Gunther just had to say. We'll do that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. New England Patriots improved to a perfect 6-0 by beating the Giants 35-14. Tom Brady ran for two scores. Former BYU star Kyle Van Oy with a scoop and score in the fourth quarter. Jazz played a third preseason game in New Orleans against Derek Favors, Zion Williamson, and the Pelicans. Tonight, 6 o'clock, it's on NBA TV and AT&T Sportsnet. Listen to all the action on The Zone beginning at 5 o'clock with the pregame show. Major League Baseball, Houston sends Tampa Bay home with a 6-1 win in Game 5. Astros move on to meet the Yankees. National and Championship Series starts tonight. Cardinals and the Washington Nationals, 6 o'clock on TBS. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Action Plumbing. Action Plumbing, heating, and air. They are currently looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match. Call today. Join the Action Plumbing Superhero team at 801-833-3333. That's Action Plumbing. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Cougar preview show. Will Snowden. We've seen over the years African-American influence on BYU's football team, but we have not seen the African-American influence at the quarterback position. Jaron Hall is the first African-American quarterback to play at BYU. This is a big deal. This is something that should be celebrated, and I get the feeling that people get uncomfortable about us celebrating that. It's like, oh, no, talk about that. It doesn't matter. We don't care. He's a football Yeah, we know we don't care. I think it shows where BYU really is. We are known for having great quarterbacks who put up great numbers, and I think this is huge for not only BYU, but the whole state of Utah, the church. It's awesome because now kids who are watching BYU will say, oh, wow, look at that Jaron Hall. It's a different look than we've ever seen, so that's exciting. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond Airport Parking, fantastic rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle services, detail, oil changes, and glass repair while you're away. Diamond Airport with the best rewards program in Utah, the only airport valet service in Utah. Park, ride, and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road. That's Diamond Airport Parking. 
All right, PK, we uh, just talked Utah football. Yeah. Kyle Gunther. Yeah, you better believe we done did. Yeah. I, I got my hand in the dirt right now. If you missed it, it'll be up on 1280thezone.com. How could you miss it? Wherever you get podcasts, the whole show's podcast. He's Kyle F. Gunter. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you want. Yeah. Now, the question is, you'd fans. Eight tracks, cassettes, you name it. Expectations for this weekend. You can put CDs next to eight tracks. That's how they're going. I mean, people still have them, but phasing out. Expectations for the weekend for the Utes. And also, you got it up at Facebook. The Cougars, the Aggies. What's going to happen? Well, the Aggies aren't playing, so. Good point. <laughs> Craig Bowlerhack. Wait, see, with an H, not a J. See what they did there? I've tried to eliminate all those types on there. Look, all I can say about this weekend slate of games is if the Utah loses to Oregon State, it'll be the biggest choke since Romney in 2012. Yeah, that's you. That's a you. That's a you that's fan not. right there quoting you. I'm just quoting our president. I know, but you called attention to it, yeah, so I think this is The problem is you're acting like a little boy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Alex does say of his Aggies, rest up and heal up in preparation for Nevada. Oh, for sure, yeah. 2-0 and in conference. Yeah, if they get Nevada, that'll be, we talked about the that'll tough three crossover and games, and that would be two of the three crossover games is the point I was getting to. But yes, also it will be 3-0. and But having beaten San Diego State, they still have Fresno out there. It's Boise. It doesn't matter. There it is. <laughs> Those are all preliminaries. you got to take care of biz, but if you don't beat Boise, then it doesn't matter. Then what? Yeah. Then second place. And if you lose to those teams, then... I mean, obviously, Boise State has their then crap. Then beating Boise State <laughs> doesn't matter, like it didn't matter when you beat them three or four years ago, whatever I it was. mean, it matters, but it doesn't. you're not going to get your full bang for your buck if you lose to the other ones, and they've got one loss, but you've got two. So, they've got... The, the, basically, Utah State now is almost like big sky basketball. What is going to happen in the tournament? You know, I mean, that's what it boils down to. And for Utah State, that's a good place to be in. It's a, somewhat of a crapshoot in the big sky on those, depending on how many games you have to play and what buys you get in the conference tournament when we get to March as far as getting the NCAA bid. Because Utah State's at that level now, they're going to be judged, well, did you win your division and did you win your conference? And that's a good spot to be in because that means your program has progressed. Normally it was, did you get six wins, you get seven wins, you get eight wins? Well, they're a little bit beyond that. So wake me up when it's uh, time to go-go for Boise. And we'll see, you know, is it wham, bam, thank you, Aggies. What? Very random. No, it's not. I said, wake me up when you go-go. Isn't that wham? It is. <laughs> so I could have had to work in the wham. Well, yeah, I'm I got to work I, in the I, wham. Well, I had to go in the thank you, you know, all that. And so, and for the Utes, it's just a, uh, this is the, I can argue, although the argument is growing weaker, but I could argue this is their easiest game left. UCLA. That's what I'm saying. The argument is growing weaker with the performance of those guys. And you have those guys here as opposed to having to go over to uh, Oregon State. So, but, all right. Uh, easiest road game remaining. How about that? Yeah. 
Well, there's two games where it looked like to be really heavy favorites. 14 points on the road. You are a heavy favorite this week, mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah. Uh, the other the other schools have at least half a really good team. I mean, the ASU defense is really good. The Cal defense is really good. The Arizona offense is good enough to win shootouts. It looks like the Colorado offense is good enough to win shootouts. They don't know that any of those four have complete teams week in and week out. Maybe they don't. On, maybe on a given week they might, you know play their best game of the year and get you. Arizona and Colorado will try to outscore you. Cal and the Devils will try to beat you in low scoring. In Seattle or in Seattle against Washington figures to be a tough game regardless of the parameters. Unless the Huskies roll over and get beat by the Wildcats. Then if they do... Are the wheels coming off up there unexpectedly? Yeah, then, my gosh, Utah's going to be favored literally in every game until they get to the Pac-12 championship game, and that's it. And then we'll have to see about that. So it's really set up for these guys. That's why I said uh, earlier in the week with uh, Frank Dolce on Monday that I feel much better about the Utes winning the South now than I did in August. Because everyone's looking so flawed. No one looks like they're coming together. Well, it's mostly Seattle, the game in Seattle. Washington getting a second conference loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, they, they're Stanford. very disappointing against Stanford. Yeah, because Cal beat you the way Cal can beat you. It was a low-scoring we game. We already knew. They made plays at the end, so they went 20 And I told you, the Devils, I told you how they were going to be able to win games. And I said, if, I said Montez is good, and I said if Khalil Tate is healthy, they've got a shot to beat pretty much anybody in the he's, conference. He's looked pretty good thrown out of the pocket. All the pocket passing stuff a year yeah, ago but he, but, looked bad. But you don't know if he's going to be healthy. He's already missed a game. Yep. Fact. So, and he obviously he's had injury issues every year. So, what does that mean? He's been a starter for three years. Every year, he's had injury issues that have curtailed his effectiveness. His sophomore year, when he burst out on the scene, they were leading the Devils in the Territorial Cup at halftime, and then he went out, and their team fell apart. He didn't play in the second half. And then we know about last year was a disaster, and he's already missed a game this year. So expecting him to be healthy then, we still have, what, uh, six weeks to go before that game. Uh, I, I have no idea. We'll check back as we uh, – that, that's the uh, game right before Thanksgiving, if I remember. Uh, the last home game – or, last excuse me, last away game for the Utes. So I have no idea what status he's going to be. If he's healthy, they're a dangerous ball club. And we – have to just wait and see. But the, everything is lining up better than ever. There's literally, in my mind, only one thing, only one thing that derails Utah from winning the South now, and that is an injury to Tyler. That's it. Even the Zach Moss injury no longer concerns you. The other running backs have performed at a high enough level. Well, Tyler Huntley's been so good yeah. that oh, he's I, been able to compensate and and they haven't had it's, it hasn't been a big series of games that Zach Moss has missed. Right. Uh, you know if they have multiple injuries there, but Utah's always been able to run the ball to a degree. Some years better than others, but it's just that it it's their, it goes back to it's, Ronnie Mack. It's their complete and total nature. It's twenty five years of it now. Uh, yeah. So I'm expecting. I mean, they that's how they can get a kid like Jordan Wilmore, uh, because I know I'm going to get opportunities to run the ball. And and Ludwig has been very creative in using these guys this year. And they really have everything that they need to win the South. And that's the first and foremost goal, obviously. I, I just don't see, save an injury to Huntley, how they're going to be derailed. I could be completely wrong, but that's what I see right now. More predictions for the weekend. Daniel says Utah's going to struggle but win a snooze fest over Oregon State. Utah State takes a week off to deal with the trauma inflicted from an LSU beatdown. 
BYU wins a close game and everyone's back on board. Yeah, I don't know about everyone being back on I was board. About, that's, you just jumped the question right uh, there because I would say the answer to that is no, everyone will not be back on board. No. It'll be great, you're 3-3, three and three, but now you got to beat the Broncos because you viewed yourself as the best team in the Intermountain West and clearly you've had a lot of problems with these guys. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that was a nice win and then you tee it up for next week. No, there's... Never been more skepticism around BYU football than there is right now. And there's a cloud above them, metaphorically speaking. And the, the cloud, if they lose, grows extremely dark. If they win... It hovers for another week and waits to go it, extremely it dark again. slightly lighter. But if they lose, it goes about 25 times darker. Okay, slightly slightly lighter yeah. because then six wins and a bowl. You're no longer mm-hmm. worried about losing regular season. I guess you could lose everything else and lose the bowl game and be six and seven. But you're going to get bowl eligible if you win this game. Right. And then the question is, how many Mountain West teams do you beat? Do you end up with six wins, seven, eight, nine? What? Mm-hmm. Where, where is that going to play? Well, out? then it comes. If you win tomorrow, it comes down to a three game season. Boise, Utah State. SDSU. Those are the three. What do you do with those three? Because we're assuming then you win those other three. If you don't win those other three, then you're in a whole lot of world of hurt, and I can't save you. And the the cloud can grow maybe better than a little bit brighter if Jern Hall looks awesome. Because he's new meat, and we have no body of evidence on him. It's a complete and total empty canvas. And if he comes out there, and I don't care whether South Florida is good or not, it doesn't matter. If Jaron Hall looks really good, looks poised, moving the offense, and they look good, then you, you'll get some hope going into next week. See, if they barely win, then I don't know how much hope there is next week. Because the beatdown that BYU fans have received, if you're a hardcore BYU fan now and you admit it, you have my respect. Because the bandwagon's emptied. All that's left is the people who are really into it. Yes, you got to be a hardcore brother and sister to be a BYU fan right now because it's so easy to say, ah, you know, it really doesn't matter to me. It's not that much. You know what I mean? You start rationalizing. I told you the, the one young gal I saw uh, in the offseason, she lives and dies by the Utes, and I started to tease her a little bit about ASU. Oh, who won that game? I didn't have the, the – I just didn't want to bury her. Honey, you live and die. You know damn well who won that game. So I just said, oh, that was the game Tyler Huntley got her. I played along, right? Because she's young and she's way into it. Uh, and then that's the way. So, you, you, oh, who won that game? So you pretend you don't care. If you're a hardcore cougar and you admit it, I want 10 hardcore cougars right now to get on our app and say, I'm a hardcore cougar fan fetching in no matter what. Win, lose, maybe draw. Because I don't think that there's that many of them willing to admit it. And if you're one of them, I have the utmost respect for you because it's tough right now. And if you lose to Boise State, come on, you've lost nine straight to Utah. Boise, you'd be two and eight since you've been in this deal. Utah State is beating you left and right. It's tough. You've got my sympathy and respect if you admit. Because I don't think there's that many who will admit it. we got the Lisas of the world, bless her soul. 
There are still BYU fans who will admit it. Really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can we get 10? Yes. Because they listen to our show. This is where the hardcore comes. Yeah, but do they admit it, though? I understand. Yes. And today's, by the way, I just saw on Twitter, it's National Coming Out Day. So, I'm tying the two together. Probably shouldn't do that. Why not? I'm not sure why. It just seems like a bad idea. Dave, what century are we living in? Can you be a little bit more accepting? 21st so You're involved century. in a toxic football culture. That's <laughs> your problem. <laughs> okay, tell people that quote. What's that guy's name? Corey, uh, Corey Booker? Corey Booker, Senator running for Edward president. Jersey. Right. He said that uh, you know, he used to have a problem with the homosexuals, but he blamed that on being connected to the football environment. He played football at Stanford. I did not know all football people were... Nor did I. I thought it mostly had to do with the uh, the language of the 80s. Having been alive, I don't know that you had to play football. You know, toxic language in the culture. How's the culture in soccer with that? Did Mi- okay? Mixed. Mixed? Yeah. Because I haven't been in the locker rooms. I haven't traveled with the ball clubs like you have. When we come back. I want 10 hardcore Cougars, because I don't think we'll get them. 855-340-ZONE, or grab the phone. Use the app. Use the open mic. Send it our way. Brian Keel, former BYU linebacker, is coming up about 15 minutes right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Come on, PK. Sing it. Wake me up before you go, go. Come on, let's hear it. <laughs> PK said wham earlier in the show and then free association I said wham, wham bam you know I was That's talking about wham and the lineman up at Utah so they took it I don't want to sing I think maybe not today but maybe we should have a poll if I should sing or not not today we got enough going on right save that for next week save it for a rainy day Mario tweets at us, I paid for a month of ESPN Plus to watch them lose to Toledo. Am I hardcore? Well, what does that tell you? Okay, but I did too. It's your job. And you're hardcore because of your job. And I canceled it the next day. You already paid for the month. What's the point? Or was it a free trial thingy so you didn't have to pay it all? No, I paid. Five bucks. Well, Just to make sure you didn't forget. <laughs> you get the next month whether you cancel or not. So I, so I canceled for subsequent months. Oh, okay. So I already have it for this month. I haven't looked at it once since that game. But I have it for the yeah. next, uh, what would that be, another 20 days or so? Robbie says, I'm a hardcore BYU fan. I have been all my life. Will be for the rest of my life. My kids are hardcore fans and will be for all eternity Hashtag BYU football. So I'm wondering, in the Holy House, do you take a vow for that? Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck finds that uh, more than he wants to deal with. What? You got more well, audio for all eternity. Yeah, he did. I didn't bring it up. 
I rarely have ever introduced religion into this show. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Liar. Kyle will not lie to us the way you have. Kyle will tell us the truth. Kyle, good morning. Good morning. Hey, Kyle. All right, Kyle. How, are you hardcore or are you off the bandwagon? No, no. So hardcore. So first of all, appreciate you guys. You know, sometimes life is stress, stress and sucky, but always <laughs> nice to come on and listen to some good sports radio. So appreciate you. your work. Second, hardcore BYU fan. Grew up BYU fan. Graduated from Utah State and... You know, could easily waver and be a hardcore Utah State fan because they're doing well, but still stick with my Cougs. I think uh, you got to stick with them through through the good times and the hard times, but a little bit of a hard time now. But I think they'll go one and two against the Mountain West, which is not good for them. Um, but got to stick with the Cougs. They're in a rough situation. I think Homo needs to figure something else out. They're not. They're in a tough spot. Okay. We got one. Man, he went to Utah State, but he won't root for the Aggies. Scotty G is very disappointed. Paul, good morning. Good morning. I've been a BYU fan since the days of the Phantom. Uh, And I always wear a BYU tie to church during the football and basketball season. Uh, As far as the team goes up north, uh, 80% of them people, the only time they think no. Red shirt job is when they win a ball game. So I've been a fan <laughs> for BYU ever since I was old enough to walk. Amen. All right, brother. May you enjoy the rest of your life. Because 80% of them people, the only time they put on a red shirt is when they win. You know what they are, Sniggy? Front runners. They are bandwaggers. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well done. <laughs> Who you got? Brent's on the open mic. You use the app, send us the audio. Here you go, Brent. Every year I get pumped for the BYU season, and I will every year after this, no matter how many ups and downs they put us through. Go Cougs! Really? You get pumped? Okay, but do you stay pumped during the course of the season? I get it in July and August, but do you stay pumped in November and October? Aha. Hey, PK. What? I'm a hardcore BYU fan. Loyal, strong, and true. (laughs) (laughs) Where did we get this loyal, strong, and true from? Where did that come from? From the fight song. Oh, is that where it is? Mm -hmm. I just know the rah, 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 rah. (laughs) (laughs) David, good morning. I'm so hardcore. I'm glad that Jaron Hall's playing instead of Zach Wilson. We don't want the guys that only came to BYU because they didn't get offered by Utah. We want the guys that turned Utah down to come to BYU. Ooh. Oh, there it is. We got five. I don't know. At this point, I just think you take people with talent and worry about all the So he's stuff a later. truer BYU quarterback? Apparently. He's a truer BYUer. He's no bandwagger. <laughs> Gordon. PK, what? I'm a hardcore BYU fan. Always have been, always will be. Love the Cougars. Win, lose, draw, you name it. Okay. All right, he's all in. What's that, three now? No, no. The one guy said he was a. Okay, that's he, he true. He could easily be okay. swayed to be a Utah so State fan. So we're at three then. And but he had, but he hasn't, because he went there. He walked the no, halls no, no, of the no, earth. No, 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 no. You would never admit that you could easily be swayed and be a hardcore. 
You wouldn't even think of it. You would. Can Scotty G be easily swayed to be a BYU fan? Absolutely not. I don't even know what that meant. Jeff, what do you got? Hardcore BYU fan here. Love the Cougars. Always will. Rise and shout. Cougars are out. There yeah, is. but what That's do we mean? Well, they're out. What does that mean? John, what do you have for us? This weekend's games? Well, I don't know. <laughs> What was that? I don't know. I wanted to hear more. <laughs> PK, I am for sure a hardcore BYU fan. It's like those years with the Jazz and Ty Corbin. You kind of just got to get through it. You know, I'd rather drive a freaking nail through my hand than cheer for Utah. Let's go, baby. Go Cougs. Woo! Drive a nail through my hand. Man. That's a little over the top. That's a, oh... So you'd rather be crucified. <laughs> Essentially, that is. <laughs> wow. I think the answer is no, but it sounded good on the radio. Oh, man. But it actually didn't sound good on the radio. I take that part back, too. All right, Mark, what do you have? PK, my name is Mark Johnson, and I'm a diehard BYU fan. <laughs> was this a 12-step program here? <laughs> That's where he was going. My there. name is Mark Johnson, <laughs> and I love BYU. <laughs> How long have you loved BYU? Forever. <laughs> Good, because they need your support more than ever. Fact. Because there's so many bandwaggers running around with red and flying their freak flags on Saturdays. I feel like just ripping them off, driving in my neighborhood, and then they put them up on their houses. And I want to, I want to wait till the evening and just take them down. I didn't see it. When I first moved here, there was nobody flying red flags in my hood. Now there's, gosh, there's, there's more than half. There's like 45% are doing it. Okay, Mr. Math. Drives right. me nuts. we got to take a break. When we come back, Brian Keel joins us, former BYU linebacker, part of the Red and the Blue. We heard from Kyle Gunther at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. we got Brian Keel coming up next. Stay with us.